Welcome to Shift with CJ. I'm your host CJ and together we will explore the areas of health, human performance, biohacking, psychology and much more that will inspire you to become the best version of yourself. Hello there lovely people. I bet you're as excited as I am for today's podcast. Let's jump into the podcast in a minute. But first, I want to tell you a story. I recorded this podcast while I was in India discovering various energy hotspots and trying to wrap my head around ancient Indian medicine and some of the practices and ideas that I can bring in to the western world. Now, the trip was great and amazing, and I'm looking forward to sharing all my discoveries through this podcast and other social media channels. But there was a downside to it which was that I couldn't travel with all my equipment and my studio all the way to India. And that, ladies and gentlemen, resulted in a slight drop in audio quality, which you might come across in today's show. Regardless, all the information is clear and what we talk about in the podcast is gold. So let's jump right into the podcast. You've always heard the phrase, if you're sick, go visit a doctor. But what that phrase doesn't really tell you is what kind of doctor and what kind of clinic to go for. While millions of people around the world routinely go to their doctor's office and get told to use pharmaceuticals to get better, there are some doctors around the world who have taken an alternative course and dive deep into ancestral vision and combine them with modern science along with their training of becoming a medical expert. Today on the show, I have an expert in alternative health. He is a famous guest lecturer, a writer, and is an athlete himself with competing over 40 Ironmans. He runs one of the best alternative health clinics in the world where they use cutting-edge alternative therapies to enhance human health and performance. Dr. David Menkoff, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. It's fun to be here. Thank you. The pleasure is all mine. How are you doing today? Uh, I had a great day. I was in the clinic all day, saw lots of new people, and uh, everybody's getting better, so I can go home and relax this weekend without worries about anybody. Amazing. That sounds like happy days. Now... You graduated from the University of Wisconsin Medical School in 1974. And is that when you officially became a doctor? And what kind of a doctor were you back then? Well, when you finish medical school, then you can get a, you know, you you have a diploma that says you're a doctor. Mm -hmm. You have to do at least a year of advanced training before you can actually practice medicine. So most people do training programs that last three years or four years. Um, and specialize in something before they actually go into practice. They might do dermatology or emergency medicine or x-ray or something like that. So um, I first started to, and, and during those programs, you are licensed so that you can, you can be a doctor. Um, but usually it's under supervision in a, like a training program. So um, I, I finished my, my medical school and then I did uh, three years of training in pediatrics, which is children. Um, and then I spent a year being the, the chief over the training program for that pediatric program. It's at a university of California in San Diego. 
And then I did a two-year uh, specialization in infectious diseases. And we did both adult and pediatric infectious disease. And then after that, I went out actually into practice. So that's my background. Mm -hmm. And then you took a pot to alternative health, which was still new back in the days without all the computational capabilities that we have right now. How did you get interested in alternative health? Well, I, I worked for 10 years doing hospital infectious disease. Mm -hmm. And then I spent, uh, I switched careers and started doing emergency medicine. I liked acute care. And um, during that time, like 1996, my wife, who's a nurse, became interested in natural medicine. And she started going to seminars and she attended a few that she thought were really good. And she said, you know, this guy is really smart. Um and you should come along next time he lectures. And so I did. And I got very excited. He was talking about nutritional biochemistry and how you could heal the body with, um, with sort of natural methods. About the same time, she had decided that the fillings in her teeth, the silver mercury fillings, she learned that they were bad. And she had like 14 of them. They'd been put in since she was a small child. And she decided that she would go get the mercury taken out. Unfortunately, the dentist who did it was not experienced and he didn't protect her while taking the mercury out. Because when you when you drill it out, it, it aerosolizes and it can go in the air and the person can breathe it in. Mm -hmm. And a few months after this happened, she started to get sick. She got uh, her thyroid started to be inflamed and then her liver and then finally she got weakness in her arm and one leg, her deltoid muscle and her glute um, became weak noticeably. And she's an athlete. She's also a triathlete. Um, and I had, ha I was in the, I was working in the emergency room at that time and I knew the best doctors in the hospital. So I was um, sending her to them, a, a, an endocrinologist who was a thyroid specialist and a liver specialist and a neurologist and they just said, it looks like she's got some kind of autoimmune disease. Um, we don't have any specific treatment, but when she got the weakness in her arm and leg, they said, well, we better put her on steroids and interferon, these, these very high toxicity drugs. And I, I then became very concerned. And by accident, um, her, she owns, she owns a, a home healthcare nursing business. And I went to pick her up one night and a new guy had moved in the complex where she was. And he had a sign over his door that said natural dentistry. And uh, I drove up one day to pick her up and he was walking out of his office and I stopped him and just introduced myself and asked him, Hey, what's natural dentistry? And he said, well, dentists are basically educated with the idea that your mouth isn't really part of your body. Like you could do things in the mouth mm -hmm. that you'd never do in the body. Like for example, a mercury filling, like if you look, if the person opens their mouth and they see silver colored, gray colored fillings, those are made up of about 50% mercury. So it's liquid. Mm -hmm. And into that liquid, they put zinc, tin, copper. 
and silver. And it makes an amalgam. So an amalgam is a mixture of metals where it becomes solid. And so they put that in the tooth. About 50% of it's mercury. Now, everybody knows that at room temperature, mercury is liquid. So there's nothing, there's no metal that's liquid at room temperature except mercury. But if you heat mercury up to like 110 degrees, it will boil. Mm -hmm. Now, a hot cup of tea or coffee is about 160. And hot soup could be even more. So when you put this in your mouth, you're basically subjecting this amalgam and the mercury in it to a temperature that'll make the mercury boil and it comes off, it boils. And so that those fumes that come off from the mercury can go into the palate and be swallowed and be gotten into the bloodstream and poison you. Now, mercury is very, very poisonous. It's probably one of the top two or three things by amount that can poison the human body. To give you an example of how much that is, if you took a mercury, the mercury part out of a filling, it's about 500 milligrams, half a gram. Mm -hmm. If you ground it up real fine and put it in a lake that was 10 acres, so that's a pretty big lake. And then the fish ate the mercury in the lake. If the EPA, you know, the Environmental Protection Agency or the Wildlife Fish, fish Authority came by, and tested the fish, they would find that the mercury levels in the fish were so high because they were swimming in the water with mercury. The fish are uneatable, they're too toxic. And they would put a sign on there that no fishing because the fish are toxic. Now that's one filling in a 10 acre lake. Wow. Now she had 14 in her mouth, which is maybe a millionth of an acre. I don't know what it is, it's tiny. It's a huge number, yeah. Huge number. Now, to give you an idea, if somebody's in a medical office and they drop a thermometer by accident and it breaks on the floor and the mercury goes on the floor, the mercury vapors will fill the air. And in this country, it's a, it's an emergency. Like the building has to be evacuated and you have to call the hazardous materials people to come and clean it up. So they come in suits with respirators, they clean it up. And then before they leave, they have a meter which will measure mercury vapor levels in the air. And they have to be below 10 micrograms per milliliter. There's a certain concentration that they have to be. And they keep cleaning until it's below that. Otherwise, they don't let anybody in the building. Now, I have one of these mercury vapor meters. And just for fun, when I'm at a seminar, I will have people come by the booth and put the mercury vapor meter in their mouth and test the level of mercury in their mouth. Now, for a room to be safe, it has to be under 10. Most people that we test, either from the off-gassing from their teeth or from mercury that they get in the fish that they eat or the foods that they eat and it comes off their breath, will be in the 50 to 300 range. Wow. So their mouth is actually a toxic waste dump. So this just gives you an idea how toxic this stuff is and it's put in the mouth. So he says, as dentists, we wouldn't do that. Like we would use materials that are safer, mm -hmm. that are that are more, you know, that 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 don't poison you like that. So then I told him my wife's story. So this is back to the dentist. 
And I told him about her amalgams and they got taken out by this dentist and now she's sick. And he said, oh, she's mercury toxic. But he said, in this town, there's nobody that's going to help you. And you should go get some training in this. And he, he gave me the name of a doctor who happened to be in Seattle, Washington. And I went out there and I trained with him and I learned how to how to diagnose people with this and how to treat them naturally. And I came back and I treated my wife and she got better. All of her symptoms went away. So you had to take and matters in your own hands. I did. And so the, um, so our friends were sort of watching this and they were like, Hey, I mean, like your wife, she's, she's doing good now. You know, I've got rheumatoid arthritis or I've got MS or, you know, I've got cancer. Like, can you help me? And I said, I don't know, you know, but uh, I've got Tuesday afternoons off. And um, why don't you come over and in her nursing office? She had an extra room. So I said, I'll just go be over there and I'll, you know, I'll test you out the way I did with, with my wife and let's see if we can help you. And I'm not charging anybody at this point because I'm not sure I know what I'm doing, but it, it just, it just mushroomed. Like people started to get better and the word of mouth just grew. And pretty soon we had 3,000 square feet and a couple of nurse practitioners. And, you know, now we have a big facility with 52 employees. And uh, so, and we see people from all over the world who come because they want solutions to their, their chronic medical problems. And um, so it's, you know, it's grown over the years and I've learned a lot of things and uh, gone all over the place to try to learn from other doctors who have, you know, techniques that are very effective. And so it's been, uh, it's, so that's what I do. It's been a, a terrific, uh, terrific thing. Now, as part of my wife's solution, the chemical chelators, chelators are substances that bind metals. So mm -hmm. if you give someone who's got high levels of mercury in their body or lead or arsenic, a chelator will bind to it and help pull it out. And some of them are pharmaceuticals and when we first started doing this, I found that the pharmaceuticals were kind of toxic. They, they pulled out the good minerals better than they pulled out the bad minerals. So you could make people deficient in zinc and magnesium and calcium and, and the good and, and, and you don't want to do that. So I started to work with a biochemist and we were able to formulate a product which would pull the bad metals out, but leave the good minerals in. And it's a product called Metal Free. Mm -hmm. And it's very effective. We've been, we've been, since once I saw that it was good, um, I started sharing it with other doctors. And so now we have, you know, many thousands of doctors that use it. And it's very safe. It's very effective. It actually works better than the chemical chelators, but it's a natural product and it doesn't deplete them of minerals. So at, you know, so I started sort of a second company, which is called Body Health, where we do nutritional products for doctors and for the public that are just really good and they're unique. And um, they help guys like me or help, you know, your, like people like your listeners who want to heal themselves or improve their health um, without using pharmaceutical drugs. And, um, well, you've come a long way in creating both those companies and... Um in the generation have made your alternative health clinic. I must say that I've never been there, but um, I've heard a lot about it. And for a person like me, it um, somehow represents Disneyland in a way. Now, let me explain that. 
for a big number of people who are listening to this, you know that you don't have to be a kid to go to Disneyland to enjoy all the entertainments, the rides, the food, and more. But when you when you think about a place like Disneyland, you go in and come back refreshed, energetic, and in love with life. Now, when I think of your wellness center, doctor, especially for me, it doesn't mean that I have to be really sick to go in and enjoy all the facilities and services that you offer. A fit, young, healthy person like me or like our audience can go in and enjoy the services and come back feeling more healthier and more energetic with the protocols that you have created. Now, I um, just to go back, when you were talking about the um, chemical um, chelators, did it mean EDTA? Because I was once at a clinic and I was about to um, go to an EDTA process, which is also a chelation process. Did you mean yes. EDTA? Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, EDTA can be effective, but EDTA binds zinc better than, better than it does lead. So if the person is doing EDTA, which, which can be fine, I mean, we do, do, we do use it. You have to be just very careful that you replace minerals as you go because otherwise you can deplete the person and and then they can have trouble. And then um, are you looking to replenish only zinc if you if a person is doing EDTA or is just a full mineral spectrum? A full mineral. So every two chelations, we give them back a mineral IB that's got all the major minerals and all the trace minerals so that we keep them up to date and then they they don't uh, they don't deplete and it can be done safely. Mm -hmm. I must say, when I was looking through your list of therapies that you offer, it just got me really excited because most of them are ultimately designed to enhance your health, performance, you know, make people better if they're sick. And honestly, some of the some of the therapies like the Meridian Health Analysis and Ultraviolet Blood Radiation Therapy and so much more was so new to me. And most of the people who were listening to this show probably also haven't come across all of those therapies that I just mentioned or which is on your website. So let's speak about something that people don't know about, but it's still, you mentioned earlier, something like mercury, which is still a big factor in people's um, current health scenario. Now, people who are listening to this show do take some time to exercise, do take some time to make healthier choices when it comes to food. But many of us, are not mindful about the air that we are breathing, the quality of our water. Um, we're always looking for more as in even in calories, like, you know, cheaper calories in the grocery store when it comes to food, because most of the things now are grown on antibiotics, hormones, they're genetically modified, they have preservatives, additives, so much more. And um, we're trying to use so much more things when it comes to cosmetics or deodorants, which are full of things, uh, which are like carcinogenic compounds like paragons, phthalates. So you mentioned mercury. I would like you to also tell the audience, like why is it so you mentioned mercury as a part of the heavy metal, but there are so many more heavy metals that come in our food supply and just in our day-to-day -day life. So why is heavy metal such a big problem? Well, they're, they're really, in the environment, they're ubiquitous. I mean, when you burn coal for fuel, you release mercury, and it goes up in the atmosphere, and it rains, and it fills up the lakes, and it fills up the ground, so that the plants then take up the mercury, and you eat the plants, you get mercury, and if you eat the fish, you get mercury. Mm -hmm. 
they also put mercury in vaccines. So a dose of mercury injected is much worse than a dose of mercury eaten. Um, so those, you know, and some people professionally may be working with welding or soldering where they, they may get an exposure, but uh, those are the big places and, and amalgams in teeth. So um, lead is, you know, leaded gasoline was burned around the planet for the first probably 1910 to 1960. And this planet got saturated with lead that was released from burning gasoline because it was leaded gasoline. And so the countrysides are full of lead and we get these. So our exposures to these are high. Arsenic is in arsenic and cadmium are added to many pesticides. And so people eat food that's not organic um, and they're high. The arsenic is high and we, we test these in, in everybody that we see. And almost everybody has a high blood arsenic level from exposure to herbicides or pesticides from the food or water that they're drinking. Aluminum is another one. You know, aluminum is a common additive to the to regular deodorant. So the person puts the deodorant antiperspirant on underneath their arms every day. That aluminum is absorbed. It's associated with Alzheimer's disease. It's associated with breast cancer uh, because the aluminum's right there. It goes right into the breast. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it's very toxic. So, you know, lots of people are cooking with aluminum cookware and people use aluminum foil to wrap their food or on top of a grill. If they're grilling their food, the aluminum gets in the food and then it gets in your body and it isn't good for you. So, um, these are, these are, uh, these are big problems. Um, there's aluminum in vaccines as well. So, um, People have to watch what they put in their bodies and what they use on their bodies. And then drinking water is a whole other problem. The the amounts of, say, just like glyphosate, which is Roundup, Mm -hmm. is in 75% of the rainwater samples in the U.S. have detectable glyphosate. Many processed foods have detectable glyphosate. Most animals that have been fed corn or soybeans, like cows, or um, or chickens. Well, that glyphosate gets in the meat, and then when you eat it, you get the glyphosate, and it's a poison. It's a carcinogen. So, right now, the challenge for everyone is: how can you live in a modern world where you're being inundated every day with toxic stuff in the food and the water? And then, if you add five G. Uh, and you add, you know, yeah, chemtrails, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's really a challenge. And so while people come here, a lot of the people who come here are really sick. What we find is that it's better for people to come here when they're not sick mm-hmm. and get an analysis of how close to being sick are they? You know, like, like everyone has their own sort of threshold, like you can just take so much. And then when you go over that threshold, you're going to get something. Maybe it's high blood pressure or high cholesterol, or you have a stroke or you have a heart attack or you come down with cancer. And so ideally, this is what I do for myself and my family and anybody I can talk into it is come in and get an analysis of levels of environmental toxins, heavy metals, um, look for deficiencies in your body. Like, are you low in minerals or amino acids or essential oils? 
What are your hormones doing? Do a poop test. Do you have parasites or bad bacteria? You know, you can do these inventories on people where you actually can find lots of stuff, handle them before they're actually symptomatically sick, and add years to their life and also health to their years because you you can put them through a program where you can get this stuff, the levels of this stuff lowered. And, you know, when next year they come back, you do a recheck, you see that's okay now, that's okay, but no, this one's not okay. Let's do a program for that. And I think if people, you know, start to budget their money, you know, toward health, um, avoid a few, co- you know, $5 Starbucks coffees and a few six packs and start putting an investment in your body, in your health, that you can save yourself a lot of hurt. Because once you get something bad, then it's a long way back. Whereas if you're, you know, on the edge or just before the edge, you can correct it rather simply. And, um, and that can make a big difference. Yeah, it comes in the classic saying, prevention is better than cure. And um... yeah, very few people are interested in prevention, but it is, you know, an ounce of prevention is a pound of cure. It's, 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 it's really true. Now, from what you said, one of the things that um, rings a bell to me is that one other, there are so many environmental factors, there are so many other factors that we're dealing with. But one one important thing that we are also doing wrong is eating the wrong kind of food and especially the wrong kinds of fat, which then results in changing the way our cell membranes are working. And most of us, when you mentioned glyphosate, it came to mind that most of us are using these genetically modified oils such as soybean or canola, which is usually spread with pesticides all over the world or in some parts of the world, the round of glyphosate. So why do you think people are using this than the traditional way of cooking, such as butter, ghee, lard? Well, I think part of it is they've been sold that cholesterol is bad and that using animal fats is bad and that cholesterol leads to heart disease. And that's not true. Uh, I think it's also convenience and it's, and it's, it's, you know, these foods are made, they have long shelf lives, they are cheap, um, they're made to taste good, and people get sold on that rather than if they had to look into, like, what are the ingredients in a McDonald's hamburger, you know, like, how was that meat processed, and what is that meat really made out of, and is there any meat in there, or these, these impossible burgers now, you know, these mm-hmm. new burgers, yep. these GMO soy burgers. They're toxic as hell. There's glyphosate in there. You know, this whole, this whole thing of, of, you know, people are, are, have been convinced that you can't grow foods traditionally, that you have to do modern agriculture with chemical pesticides and chemical fertilizers and deplete the topsoil, that it's killing the planet. It's causing carbon emissions to go very high. And that it's what's needed is that people go back to normal farming. And I think if people stop buying chemicalized foods, like you go to the grocery store, if it's in a box or a package, don't buy it. If it's not organic, don't buy it. That the the big business boys will get the idea because they're interested in selling stuff. Mm-hmm. And if they're, if people aren't buying their stuff, 
you know, uh, Amazon bought Whole Foods, not because he's enlightened and wants to spread the word to the world. It's because it's a darn good business. Yep. And if you make, you know, healthy living, healthy choices about food and supplementation and farming, uh, direct the public to do that, then that's where the money will go. And the big boys will switch. I mean, they're all, all these big pharmaceuticals are buying up vitamin companies because, you know, there's a 30 or $50 billion vitamin business now and they want in on it. It's mm -hmm. not a, I don't think it's a moral thing with them. It's what makes money. It's basics of economics, yeah. demand and supply. That's right. That's right. Now, one of my closest friends, he's, um, he's 43 right now. And every time we sit to eat in a restaurant or at home, I'm always going for the egg yolks, the cashews, the prawns. And him, despite of him liking all these things, he always keeps telling me like, um, hey, my doctor has told me that my cholesterol is on the higher side. So all of these foods have cholesterol. So I'm not going to be eating most of them, even though I like to eat them. And for me, I've always tried to explain to him that, hey, it's cholesterol is not the enemy. And it's actually very essential and required for various hormonal processes. And it is only the oxidized cholesterol that can cause issues. And I thought this was the, um, this was the thought process of only one of my friends until unless I started speaking to a lot of people. But there are many people out there, like you mentioned, that people are worried about the cholesterol. So do you want... Uh, do you want to tell us like why is cholesterol important and why we shouldn't shy away from it? The good cholesterol. Well, most of the cholesterol in the body is actually made by your liver and cholesterol is one of these sort of basic molecules, like all of the steroid hormones, hydrocortisone and testosterone and estrogen, progesterone, and DHEA, they're all made out of cortisol. I mean, they're all made out of cholesterol. Mm -hmm. So you need cholesterol to make those. Um, the membranes that are in the brain and the neurons that are around the neurons, and in fact, in all the cell membranes, there is cholesterol. And so it's a very important molecule that is needed by the body. And um, back in the probably late 1980s, there was a guy named uh, Nathan Pritikin, and he opened up this Pritikin Institute in, in Los Angeles, California, and he was convinced that fats were the enemy and that you should go on very, very low fat diets. So no animal proteins and no vegetable fats. And people got depleted of, mem of oils in their body. And they, would, they basically would sort of dry up. They got sick. So a kind of a wacko guy uh, got the ear of the American Medical Association and the medical establishment and tried to show that cholesterol was associated with heart disease. And it turns out that the research wasn't any good and it wasn't well controlled. And now we know looking back that half the people who get heart attacks have normal cholesterol. You know, it's not, cholesterol is not the problem. And a kind of a fun analogy is if we pretended that we were living on Mars and we took our flying saucers to earth and we were hovering above the earth watching what was going on and we would see that every time there's a car accident a police car shows up mm -hmm. and not knowing what police cars are you might make the assumption that police cars cause car accidents 
because every time there's a car accident, there's a police car. And it's the same thing with cholesterol. You see arteries that are full of plaque, of inflammatory material, and you see that cholesterol is there. But in actuality, the cholesterol didn't cause that plaque. The cholesterol is, the body is trying to protect itself and cover the plaque with the cholesterol. So lowering cholesterol, the, the drug therapy of lowering cholesterol does not make people live longer and does not reduce heart attacks. Uh, so in fact, people over 60 with high LDL, which is the target of the, of the cholesterol drugs, of the statin drugs, live longer than people who don't. And women cholesterol drugs don't do anything. They don't help at all. So I, I want people to eat healthy fats. You know, what you, what you said, you know, lard and duck fat and butter and heavy cream. These are health foods. And stay away from margarines and artificial spreads and artificial, like, like Crisco, you know, artificial uh, set, you know, trans fats. Mm -hmm. Because those are the bad ones. Thank you so much for saying that. I've had a hard time convincing everyone about this. But now, after everyone listens to this podcast, at least my friend, he'll be able to have some more egg yolks. So thank you for saying that. Now, you see, you see so much of lab data. And when we look at, when you look at deficiencies, like you mentioned earlier, what is, let's look at micronutrients or macronutrients, rather. What is the one thing that you see most people are deficient in? Many people are deficient in amino acids and essential amino acids. Mm -hmm. uh, magnesium, about 80% of the people we see are actually deficient in magnesium. Um, those are the two top ones. Mm -hmm. If people are vegetarians, they're also deficient in omega-3 fats. Um, B12? How does you? Uh, if they're vegetarians, yes. If they're meat-eating, mm -hmm. not, not, not. Not nearly as much. Yeah. Mostly for vegetarians and vegans. And vegetarians and vegans have problems because they have problems usually with iron. They don't have enough. They don't have essential omega-3 fats. They don't have iron. Um, and they're all low in amino acids. They're all very low in amino acids. Yeah, let's say uh, I've tested thousands of vegetarians and you measure serum amino acids, they're all low. The proteins in plants are not adequate to really feed the human body unless you supplement with essential amino acids. We make a product called Perfect Amino, which is the best version of amino acids. And if you're vegetarian, you should be taking it mm -hmm. because it can complement your diet um, so that you get enough amino acids and then um, your, your health will be better. Now, when I was earlier on in my bodybuilding days, I was under the dogma that um, if you want to achieve optimum health or vitality or longevity, um, things like protein, but specifically whey protein was something that was straight dropped from heaven and at that time i was 16 my research skills were zero to none and honestly i didn't want to learn so much about health itself so i was following all the commercial things that coming fast forward 10 years i stopped using whey protein because i realized that gift from heaven does more bad than good now talk to us about proteins and how does a waste product of making cheese now become a billion dollar industry that makes people bloated and keeps making people farting all over the planet. Yeah, it's multi-billion. I mean, it's it's many billion uh, dollar industry. 
Um, when you look at proteins, the thing that hasn't been very well communicated or very well understood and for sure not taught is that eating the, the, the basic myth of modern dietary science is that all proteins have an equal value to the human body. Mm -hmm. So if you look on the side of a yogurt container and it says there's nine grams of protein, or you have a handful of almonds and it says nine grams of protein, or you have a half a can of sardines and it says nine grams of protein, um, that you, or you have a, a scoop of whey protein and it said nine grams of protein, that to the dietitian, it's all equal. Like you need, you know, 0.9 grams per kilogram of body weight of protein per day to be healthy. And it doesn't matter where you get it. And that is a myth that isn't true. Mm -hmm. The human body has a, a need for proteins that it can break down and then remanufacture in our bodies the proteins that we need. Now, cow's milk is the optimum food for a calf, but it isn't the optimum food for a human. Breast milk is. And breast milk is very, very well utilized by the human body to make protein. The food that's next after breast milk is eggs, whole eggs, yolk plus white. Mm -hmm. They can be duck eggs or chicken eggs, but they have the body, about 48% of that protein, the body can turn into human protein, into our protein, which is why you're eating protein. If you go down to fish and meat, it's about 33% utilizable. And whey is about 16%. Beans are under 10. So these things are not equal. The thing that I, that I mentioned before, this product called Perfect Amino, if you go to bodyhealth.com and look at Perfect Amino, it's a mixture of eight essential amino acids in a very special blend. We formulated this stuff. And 99% of those amino acids get incorporated into body protein. So if you're an athlete or a bodybuilder or you're sedentary in bed or you just had an operation, you need high levels of proteins that your body's gonna be able to assimilate. And this is the best one. The, the, the next thing since whey has been collagen. And collagen by itself, if you just ate collagen, it's missing essential, one of the essential amino acids and it is not a very nutritious protein. So, you know, advertising can convince people to do things and good advertising produces lots of people and they go with it. But um, a lot of it's not true. It is funny that you mentioned this. And every time I have um, someone who brings up their dietitian's diet chart to me just to relook over some things, sometimes it makes me laugh because, again, like you mentioned, it says, yeah, you require 100 grams of protein per day. And then they've divided that 100 grams of protein and 25% or 35% of that protein is only coming from brown bread. And I'm looking at that and I'm like, you know, you just, I think you need to change your dietitian because 
not all protein is created equal. Most of your protein is coming from sources which are very underutilized and no one's spoken to you about it. So thank you for mentioning this. And I think all of our listeners now have a bit better idea on how protein utilization and amino acid utilization actually works. Something. Yeah, I wrote a book um, last year, which is called The Search for the Perfect Protein. Mm -hmm. And you can, it's a, it was an Amazon bestselling book, but if, if your listeners want to go to bodyhealth.com, they can download a PDF copy of the book and read it. And it really goes through and explains sort of protein and what the truth is about proteins. And it could give them a lot of insight and, and a lot more data than what I'm telling here so they can understand it and it, it, it can make a big difference in their health and performance. Yes, that is correct. I have read that book personally and I would recommend everyone who's listened to this show, if you're an athlete, if you're a biohacker, if you're just trying to get better health, read that book. It is um, quite in detail. You will get a lot out of it. And you said it was available on your website now? They can they can get it for free on the website. You know, if they want a hard copy, they can go to Amazon and buy it. But if um, but if they um, but if they want a free copy and they don't mind reading it on their computer, um, if you go to bodyhealth.com, you can download the book and um, and read it. Thank you so much for making it available free for everyone who wants to have it. So there you go, guys. Bodyhealth.com. There's where you can get your free copy. And since everyone's in their laptops all day long, so I don't think anyone would mind that. But thank you. Thank you, David, for making that available for us. Now, there's also, when we talk about proteins, right? You spoke about whey having 16% utilization and fish and meat having 33% utilization. But there are other factors that also assist with protein utilization, right? Like when I read your book, I learned that your, our body needs to have a low pH level and needs to have a bit more, be a bit more on the acidic side to have these enzymes called pepsin, which eventually breaks down protein. In the stomach, yes. In the stomach. So I also see a lot of people um, talking about alkaline, being alkaline, alkaline water. Alkaline water is on the shelves, um, even in Dubai right now. So what do you think is the best? Should we, is it good to always be on the alkaline side or, you know, is it good to be, have a balance between both? You have to keep your pH level somewhere in the middle. What's your take on that? See, the alkalinity or acidity of the body is really a result of the metabolism of the body. If the metabolism is working optimally, person will have a healthy pH in their tissues, which means that their, their tissues are using oxygen to create energy. That's why we breathe. We breathe in oxygen. The oxygen goes into the cells. The cells use the oxygen to create energy particles called ATP. Mm -hmm. And when it's done properly like that, the waste product is carbon dioxide, which you breathe off, and water, which you pee out. If cells are toxic, and if the mitochondria themselves are toxic from environmental exposed toxins or drugs, the oxygen, the this energy pathway called aerobic metabolism, using air, using oxygen, may be switched 
or partially switched to anaerobic metabolism so that oxygen, the, the mitochondria, the factories in the cells that are supposed to use oxygen and fuel to make energy cleanly, don't utilize oxygen because they're damaged. And the cell starts to make energy through another process. It's called fermentation, where mm -hmm. oxygen is not used. And the waste product of fermentation is acid. It's lactic acid. And that's where body acidity really comes from. And so, you know, some people think that by drinking alkaline water, they can change their metabolism. They don't. And actually, alkaline water in the stomach with a meal will prevent you from digesting your food. So I don't like it. I think if you eat right and you get your metabolism right, then you will naturally be alkaline. And so when we see sick people who are very acidic, their tissues are acidic. All cancer patients are very acidic. That we have to do a transformation of their metabolism detoxify them, make sure they have enough amino acids and enough minerals, and their metabolism starts to shift from anaerobic to aerobic, and then the acid isn't produced anymore in the body, and they start to get better. All chronic pain patients in the muscles where they have pain, their anaerobic metabolism, and that's why they have pain. They have a buildup of toxic stuff, especially lactic acid. Do you also give them enzymes? Yes. Okay. Now, thank you so much for sharing all of that with me and with the listeners. Now, how, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you right now? I'm 72 in 10 months. 72 in 10 months. And are you still competing? Yes. You're still I have competing. A race in, I'm a half Ironman in two weeks, and I've scheduled um, a couple of shorter races during the summer. And September 6th, I'm going to do another full Ironman. Amazing. Good luck to you for that. Now, I just want to go through how a day in David Minkoff's life looks like, because we've gone through all this data, we've gone through all um, all of these things that we need to detox, we need to eat clean food, we need to avoid anything that is comes from a box. But tell us, like, boots on the floor, like techniques or tips that uh, in how you schedule your day, or like, what time do you wake up? What is the kind of amino acids that you're, or I mean, the grams of amino acids that you take? Anything that would help our listeners get a bit of handy tips? Well, I um, I get up. I don't use an alarm clock. Mm -hmm. um, I get up usually about uh, a little after five o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, I I'm training all the time, so you know I do a body wash up and I um, I work out depending on the day and depending on the season, but I. I usually do um, about an hour and a half of, of some kind of workout. And, you know, it's swimming, biking, running. I do weights and I do stretches. So I, I mix that in. Um, I, my work day usually begins at 8 o'clock. And I work through till usually 6 or 6.30. Um Sometimes I can get away at noon for a swim, but most days it's, I just, uh, I can't fit it in. Um, the, I'm married for 51 years. And so I go home afterwards and spend some time with my wife, have dinner. And then I have grandkids, so I may spend some time with them. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And then at night I have, you know, catch up with paperwork and correspondence and I'm in the middle of another book. So I work on the book. Um, so I'm, you know, I try to have lights out by 1030 at night. Usually I go to bed at 10. I try to read something non-medical for half an hour. I like historical novels. So mm -hmm. I do that. When I'm riding or running, I listen to um, either books or podcasts. Um, most of it's medical, but not all of it. And I have, um, you know, I'm really my, the industry I'm in, this medical industry, and especially this natural medicine industry, it's expanding by just like, just incredibly the knowledge base and the number of people and the number of good ideas. So I'm always learning new things. I mean, we have a clinic, like you said, that's like Disneyland. We have more stuff than any clinic that I know of anywhere. And I'm always looking for, I just got a new device that's, it's incredible. It's a, it's a kind of a dialysis machine and you can hook up one arm in an IV, run the blood through the machine, which filters the blood. And then when it's done being filtered and it filters out heavy metals, chemicals, toxic red blood cells, toxic oh, fats. Nice. And then when the blood comes through the filter, it's ozonated. So ozone uh, is added to the blood and then it runs in the other arm of the patient. And so it runs this through this machine for 45 minutes. And on the sick people, you can see their blood looks terrible. It's all sort of clotted and, and, and the, there's a residue tank where the bad stuff comes out and it looks like yellow and foamy. And there might be like seven, 800 cc's of this stuff that comes out of the body. And, you know, by the time they've done a half a dozen of them, there's maybe a hundred cc's that comes out. All the foam is gone. The blood looks beautiful. It flows cleanly. So it's an incredible device and it's new. There's only five of them in the whole U.S. Uh, we're the fifth. And, you know, I just... I just met a doctor who had bought one of these and he said, oh my gosh, this is incredible for people uh, because it really cleans them out. So I'm always in the, you know, have my fingers in what's new, what's working, uh, who's getting results. And um, so I'm, I'm passionate about this. It's, it's, it's really helped me to be able to, to help a lot of people. It's amazing. It's amazing. The machine sounds um, sounds really cool. The closest I've been to that, I mean, not I wouldn't even say closest, but I've um, I've used uh, blood ozone therapy. So I've had my yes. um, machine arm hooked up to a machine. Blood goes out. It gets reinjected with ozone. Comes back in. And the, for the people who are listening, and if you don't know what we're talking about. Well, basically, when you think about oxygen, it's O2, right? So there are two atoms of oxygen. And when you think about um, ozone, then there are three of them, which is basically O3. And it's a very powerful signaling molecule, which can signal many biological processes and helps with things like energy production, increasing brain function, decreasing inflammation, and many others. But yeah, I can't wait to one day come and see you guys at your clinic. Now, what would be this one thing that 
you would advise to your younger self if you could go back in time and if you advise um, yourself when you were like between the ages of 30 to 40 what would be that one thing that you would give your younger self an advice <laughs> good question um 30 or 40 around that give or take yeah you know i sort of live a life of no regrets like like i look back and i think it was perfect then and it's perfect now mm-hmm you know, like a plant doesn't look back as a seed and said, what should I have done differently? It's like it had to do that to get to this. So I'm not um, like I, I feel very free from anything in the past that's that's uh, that I've done or that I fell into or that I messed up. Um, yeah, I don't uh, you know, I think the lessons that I've learned are that there, there's no shortcuts. OK, you know, there's no free lunch. Mm hmm. You can't expect something for nothing in anything and that the reward is the work. It's not the end product. You know, like, like you work for four years to get a college degree and for maybe a half a day after the graduation, you're like, wow, I did it. But it lasts about a half a day. So what I've learned is that what you're doing has it in itself has to be the reward. Like I just did a day's work. The reward is in the doing. It's in the work. It's in the interaction. It's in the process. You know, it's it's in the process. It's not in what turned out. Yes, I want it to turn out okay. But at any given moment, it's there is excitement. There is interest. There is fun. There is engagement, and um, and I think the richness of of life is that, you know, it's now, it's it's now, and it's now, and it's now, and that doesn't mean that some satisfactions don't get delayed. You know, it isn't like I'm gonna I'm gonna snort cocaine now because it's the thing to do because mm-hmm. that would be stupid. Yep. But but that the you know sort of you get a day, you know, you wake up every morning and you got lucky again. And you have an opportunity to create a day. You know, it's life is can be art. And if you're the artist, you get you could create it the way you want to. And so I guess for, for people listening, if you start to look at your life as I am creating a masterpiece of my life and you know, if, if you fast forward to you got an hour before you actually cash out of this body and this life and you're on your rocking chair looking back, that you want to make sure that all the things that you might have, you know, look back and regret that now you program in forward that, you know, I am going to create that relationship. I am going to forgive my friend. I am going to love that girl. Uh, I am going to enjoy my children uh, and my next meal, you know, where it's it's happening and you're enjoying it as you go. And I think, I guess if I look back, the times when I was so pushing to get something through and done that I missed some of those times and that I would just try to keep an eye out for, gee whiz, um, what happened all those years, like when I was uh, sort of 
so focused that I didn't see the forest through the trees. That is beautiful. And you're correct. Sometimes when we're, we have our um, goal so clearly in front of us, we somehow become tunnel vision by being that focused. And suddenly everything that's happening around you, just you don't seem to enjoy it as much. But as you said, it's not the it's not the destination in the end, but it is how you get there. Every hardship, every happiness, everything that comes along, maybe it's joy, peace, gratitude, forgiveness, all of these things tie in. And that is what makes it a memory and experience, something worth remembering. And thank you so much for sharing that with us. Now, if someone wants to reach you, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Or if you can give us one of your websites, you already gave us bodyhealth.com. Is there something else? Yeah, so bodyhealth.com. And the other one is the, our clinic is called LifeWorks Wellness Center. It's L-I-F-E-W-O-R-K-S Wellness Center, all one word, dot com. So on both of those sites, there's tons of information. There's hundreds of videos that I've done and uh, information on on diseases and what we do and fitness and health. So, um, and on the body health website, there's products. Um, so I think if people go there, they can get a, an idea. If people are interested in becoming a patient, um, they can contact uh, us through the through LifeWorks Wellness Center. Um, and the, if they're interested in products, they can contact us through the body health website and buy products online or find a store near them where they might be able to get them. Amazing. Dr. Minkoff, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate with all the things that you're doing, how much dialed in you are, how much passionate you are, and all the great things that you're bringing to the community around you and to into this world. Thank you so much for your time today. You are welcome. Thank you. It was very enjoyable and good on what you're doing. It's uh, really helping people. Thank you so much. You have a good day okay. ahead of you. Your time and presence with us through this podcast is highly appreciated. If you want to learn more, then head over to our website, www.shiftwithcj.com.